Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. And welcome back for part two of last week's episode. Enjoy. I was kind of following along. I remember, and this has been a couple of weeks ago. And suddenly it was like, and I think in that moment, I was really connecting to a way in which I was doing this for myself. And I can't think of what that was, but I could see almost, you know, like a, an image in your own landscape of your parent part coming forward or a, yes, a part that's like a healthy parent that you have developed over the years of the work you've done that said, like, why don't we give ourselves, why didn't we get this? Why wasn't this something that was a part of our experience as a child? And, and I can give this to myself now. I can, I can, I can tune in to the developmental, you know, moment or, or peace in me that, you know, just wasn't seen by the parents I did have, and I can parent them and I can take them to speech therapy. And we can go through this together in a really loving, healthy, like attuned way. And that was just like, a, it's a whole different, it looks the same on the outside, but on the inside, it's a totally different experience. It's a totally different experience. And where that, you know, where that motivation comes from. And this is really important to me. This speaks at a meta level. We really cannot tell our culture, what I notice, we really focus on specific behaviors and be like, these are healthy behaviors. These are not healthy behaviors. These are codependent behaviors. These are not codependent. And like we, it's easy for us when we're, we don't really have a good map and then Internally, we don't really, you know, we don't have a great map. So what do we do? We latch on to do this, not that. Oh, that's unhealthy thing to do. Oh, that's a healthy thing to do. And we, you know, don't do this. You I mean you see all this stuff all over social media? You know, don't do this. Do that. You know, don't ten things not to do. Ten things to do. Da, 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 da. And all of it is off the mark because so much of it is missing. More, the most important part is why? What's driving? I could do the same behavior from a healthy, integrated, balanced place or from a burdened, insecure place. And the same behavior can be healthy or unhealthy based on where it comes from. It's not the behavior. I don't care what behavior it is. Pretty much all of them, pretty much, you can, in any extreme you want to look for, there is a place where you could act from a place of unhealthy 
or you can act from a place of integration. And I could, and that's what's important. And this is coming more and more clear. Like, so for me personally, I can give an easy example of drug use. There was many periods in my life where I used chemicals to escape from my feelings. Trying to get away from my feelings, and that wasn't healthy. It, it didn't help. It may, it might, it certainly helped in certain ways, but it was the act of trying to get away from my feelings that was the issue. And using now, I can take the same exact substances, some of them, the same exact substances, and use them for the complete opposite, which is to go towards my feelings. And it's, it's night and day, the impact that that has on my life. One takes me away from relationship. I, I, yeah, I see. One takes me from away from connection to myself, away from relationship to others, away from all the things that give me a healthy sense of an integrated self that benefit me in the long run. And the other picture takes me directly towards that and is integrating and healing and is whole. And it, it could be the same exact behavior. It's what's drive, what's the intention? Where is that coming from inside me? I'll pause there for you. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of excitement about this. And I've had kind of an experience in this past week, a, a number, maybe in the last two weeks, um, for about two months, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months, I've been doing this, what's kind of a fad right now, which is intermittent fasting. And what's been interesting about that is getting really clear about my reasons. I have a number of friends. This is very common, I think, particularly for women in our culture that have varying eating disorders or disordered eating. Some have maybe what might be considered under eating, others overeating, others what's called a new word I just learned, orthorexia, where you are, you get so focused in on eating right and reading, eating well, that it becomes an eating disorder. And I have never had what I would consider disordered eating in, in any form. And so it's been so interesting. My reasons for doing intermittent fasting are me reparenting parts of me that have a lot of lack of structure and boundaries in the evenings and in the morning. And so it's so helping those parts. And it's really beautiful. And this past week, I, I went and got like a checkup. I do these like, at this point in my life, every three or four years, not very often, right? So I see my doctor and I said something to her about it because she was going to do blood work. Have you been fasting? Oh, yes, yes, I have. And then she, you know, she, a moment, two moments later, she's like, you don't need to lose weight. And I was like, I don't even own a scale. I don't even know what I weigh. And then later that week seeing it's just been really interesting. There's been between friends, between my acupuncturist, all these different people, they, they immediately jump in with thinking they know the why of my reasons, you know, and, and that's okay. Like I wasn't upset with that. And I feel really good and excited to be able to say, 
I don't have a need to convince them. And I think sometimes they look at me like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't care what I weigh. This is giving me a structure in the evenings and in the mornings. That's just giving me so much space and energy. And I really love it. I don't know if I'll keep doing it, you know, and I'm watching, am I being rigid and all those kinds of, you know, I'm, I'm letting my parts talk to me about it, but that's another example of, it looks the same on the outside, but from the inside, it can be a completely different experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to check in to see if we have sufficiently covered this point up until here. Does it, I'm going to check in with myself and just see what you, up until here, does it feel clear? It does to me. I mean, I know we were both at that group and we kind of know, you know, but I think we have clearly spoken to that point. I, I do have some things I'm curious about, but I think you might have some other things you're still talking about, which might be the things I'm curious about. So. Yeah. I wanted to reflect or resonate with the picture you draw of, of reparenting. And that one, you're seeing it that way felt really good to me. Like my nervous system could soften. Like, oh, I don't have to, because I see it, but it's so nice when someone outside of me also sees that too and gets it. Like, oh, you get where this is coming from at a deeper level. You're not mistaking the surface behavior for some something underneath that's not me. And one of the, just a little aside, one of the minor, super common ouches we receive all the time as human beings is being be, not me, being seen as something that isn't you, being misunderstood with a projection. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you're doing that for that reason. You know. Oh, and, or just being reacted to in that way, even if with those judgments and those not use, put that in quote like as a name, right? Like a not me, that's a not me. With that not me put on top of me, it does not feel good for us as human beings to be seen as something other than we actually are. And that's happening a lot when we're projecting onto each other and in this dance of, do I see you? Do you see me? And there's a lot of, that's not me. And I just want to name that as an aside, but that's the feeling. And that's a relief, like, oh, just sees me. And then I also got to reflect a little bit more deeply on it. And it really does fit very deeply for me. There was this question of like, no one, there were no adults that were like, oh, I noticed that. No, nobody, you know, my parents weren't available to notice that. They didn't have that space, nor did they have this sense of there being any kind of a resource that could actually help with that. So it just got, never got addressed. Okay, not the end of the world, but awareness. Oh, okay. And then there was this real curiosity, knowing how much trauma I've had in my life. Like, oh, I wonder... And speech happens at developmental stages. And as soon as I started to go into looking into it, one of the first things I saw was like, oh, and a normal, healthy child, this 
sound gets this happens and they develop out of it at this age and it's like oh so what was there was a little curiosity of i really want to spend time with that younger me and help that younger me that feels really true and show up for him in a way that wasn't available with the type of attention and care and patience presence that the adults in my life didn't have they just didn't have that capacity at in many levels they just didn't have it and there's no there's no shame or blame around that that's just a reality and now i have the capacity the presence the time the resources as well to take a look at that and there was a genuine spark when i talk about authentic desire it's it's a desire that comes from as deep as we can sense within ourselves to really feel that inner motivation of I want. And I don't want it to please you and I don't want it to please somebody else, but I want, and I'm curious. And it, it just started with a curiosity. But then once I started to do a little research on it, I became more and more curious. And then I was more curious, understood, and then I understood what the sound, what was happening about the tongue, which I never understood before. And now I understood what that is. Oh, I, and I know what that sounds like. And I started to talk about ways to change that. And I was really interested in that. And I love change. And I love, oh, <laughs> and this is something that my parts really love, like something fundamental that they could really focus on and practice. And it's something really specific, like, okay, this is, they could see it, they could identify it, they could practice it. And they like, they get all like excited. <laughs> They're like, okay. And, and then there was this sense of possibility, like, oh, wow, that's something. Imagine this thing that's been with me, this kind of like sense of, oh, there's something weird about the way I speak. And it's to other people. And I'm a little bit ashamed of it. And it feels, you know, there's that, that cloud and it's unchangeable. Like that was what my system always carried. Like, what's the point of looking at this? I can never do anything about it. Why would I even, why would I do anything but ignore this? And then to be like, I might, I actually maybe can do something about it. Oh, and it also seems like a huge challenge. Like, oh, I know what it's like to relearn a basic thing. When I had my, after my brain tumor, my vision got screwed up when I had my second brain surgery and I was blind for six months. And I had to relearn to read. Reading had, to, I, I didn't have to relearn to read in the sense of learning the letters, but I had to retrain my eyes to read because they did not work the same way. I could not look at a word and I couldn't see the word. And I had to learn a new way to see words. And I, it was very challenging, but I really liked doing it. <laughs> so I know, oh, I, I have something in me that really loves taking something that I've, that's been so deeply habitualized and then undoing it and, and learning a new way. It's really exciting. It takes me back to that beginner mind in a way. It's really, you know, so my, my parts get all excited about that. 
and also really trying to understand like how does it you know and figure it out so i'll pause there there's because now i think from here is catching up until the now and then from here it's what's it like now what's happening for me now how is this impacting me now as i'm practicing it but this has been all up into the de the decision moment of am i going to look at this or not you know and where is that choice coming from and now having made that choice from a place of authentic desire from my own did i i don't know if i spoke enough to really like sitting with the energy of my feelings around it of the shame but it, it really was there was a complete willingness in me to just feel the shame there was no trying to get away from the shame it was like i stayed in the shame and then going through the shame i came out on the other side with curiosity rather than that's that's this picture rather than the picture of i'm trying to avoid the shame so I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid the shame. Let me get speech therapy so I don't have to look at the shame. That's not what happened. And that, I'm so glad I took the time because that really gets to the crux of the difference between these two pictures. One picture is trying to get away from the feelings. The other picture is moving through them and towards them. And then, and then there's a rebirth that comes out on the other side and the rejuvenation and it was in that rebirth and rejuvenation that my system went, oh, let's try something new. Oh, it's going to be hard. Learning how to speak differently <laughs> is really hard. And it's really, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I don't know if you could feel it or hear it, but it's, it's a struggle. It's conscious every moment, self-conscious every moment. So there's a lot happening right now. And I want to get into that, but I wanted to leave us up until this moment. And I think I got it more clearly. I'll pause here. I appreciate you just going back to that authentic desire and just taking another moment with it, the difference and how much more energy we have access to when we are doing something because we're able to be with from the place of being able to be with ourselves rather than this external should energy, which is just a fight and a struggle. I I was in group with you earlier today and we are making this podcast now and the, the moment, like the two hours between I had to run an errand and I just have to share this because it's so perfect. I saw this like dump truck kind of thing, but it was kind of nicely painted and the name of the, the business was on the side. It was a compost company <laughs> and in French it said, and I don't know French, so I'm going to get this wrong, but it said in French, the flower of shit like it was like fleur de merde or something like that. And I was like, that's brilliant. And so as you were describing this, I was imagining you're, you know, you're sitting with what can feel like crap, you know, it just feels awful. It feels like it's just no good. Nothing good can come of it. And you sit there long enough that this flower just naturally, you know, comes up out of the soil and, and blooms and, and just is so clear in what, what it wants, what's wanting to happen next. There's clarity and there's a sense of a lack of shame and possibility and and it's so interesting that this is a perfect example. So I start going to speech therapy and I'm super engaged. I can't can't kind of wait to start, can't wait to practice. And I think I 
said to the speech therapist something like, oh, so, you know, as I'm practicing this with other people, and I, because I have been, I, as soon as I started seeing how to do the S sound correctly, I started practicing immediately as much as I can, whenever I can. And she just reflectively was like, oh, no, 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 nobody practices in front of other people. Like, you just do this here with me, you know, like, and she wasn't like making a rule, but, but it was very clear that she didn't have anyone that would be willing to do that because she's like, well, most people feel really uncomfortable practicing in front of other, like they, they want to do it with me where it's safe that you talk norm, you know, how you do it all the time outside of here until you're totally comfortable. And then you kind of switch or something, you know, because that would offer the least amount of shame, right? Possible because it's, it's challenging. I, I know, especially the first couple of days was like every, I would have to pause before every S sound. And I would almost be reshifting my mouse mouth, my mouth. And yeah, so, but that to me in this moment, that was an example of that, that because I had gone through that, there was no, like, there was, it was like almost absurd to me that I would not practice all the time. Like, why would I, like, why would I care about stumbling in front of, I don't care if I stumble while I'm practicing. I I'm practicing right now. If I, I'm stumbling all the time, I don't care, you know, because I've already, that shame doesn't, is not what's driving us. It's more like the joy of trying something new and learning to do something new. And gosh, it's a joy to practice and it's a joy to practice all the time. It gets a little tiring sometimes, but it's, it's inherently joyful. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's so just the way she responded, which was, you know, clearly from a sense of like care and also the norms that she's used to. And I don't know, there's just like something in me that wants to like, like jump off of a cliff with like, like hang glider wings. Like you know, the feeling of that is like, we, I'm good. You know, give me the thing. Let's go. Because you've already processed the shame. The shame isn't why you're there. The shame isn't going to stop you from practicing it in the world. It's so much joy in that. So what's here now? Now it's, there is a little, the biggest challenge I would say right now is I am not comfortable. It's too, I've tried rapping right now. It's really challenging. I can a little bit, but it's, it's almost like, I'm learning how to walk and rapping is like doing hurdling. It's like, that's, it just feels complex. And, and even writing rap, it feels complex because even I'm working, mouthing and working on the words and I'm so much of my energy is being diverted to my, my tongue in my mouth in every moment that I can't pay attention to the things I normally pay attention to. And it almost feels also kind of pointless. It's like, I, I, 
uh, you know, all it's like trying to paint and you're all you can focus on, you know, is just your finger is like, I can't everything I normally am thinking about color and this and that words and sounds and all that. I, I, it, I it's almost frustrating because I can't, I can only focus on how my mouth is creating the sound in this particular way. So it felt feels like a good time to like, yeah, let me take a, a short break here with that. It'll be that actually feels really good to my parts. And so there's that aspect. And there is there's this consistent sense of it it sounds different. And there is a sense of being unsure that like, I'm unsure if this sounds okay or not. So there's a kind of, because it sounds different to me, it sounds a little bit off. And so I'm like, oh, that sounds off to me. So I can't tell. And there's also, because I am so focused on this one particular sound, I am anticipating the sound, so I'm changing some of the other sounds I'm making. And so some of those sounds aren't quite, quote unquote, right, because I'm bracing my mouth in a different way. So it's rearranging everything about how I speak. And it's kind of, you know, it's upsetting the whole apple cart in a certain degree. And every once in a while, there are parts that go, ah, you know, they're like, oh, my God, we're never going to learn how to talk right again. Like, now we can't even do anything. Right. You know, they could feel that for a moment, like freak out a little bit. It happens in these little tiny moments, but I feel it inside, this little internal freak out. Like, ah, never going to get back. We're never going to put the piece, the whole puzzle together again. So there's a little bit of that, a little bit of fear, like, oh, once you've opened the Pandora's box, you can't go back in that space. Like, oh, I can't go back to it. It's very hard. I. That's the other thing. I When they were, she was suggesting just talking the way I normally talk, I can't even imagine it. It's like, I know the right way to make the sound now and what's the not right way to make the sound. I can't do it the wrong way consciously now, <laughs> you know? Like there's something in my brain that's like, no, as, as hard as it is, I'm just going to keep practicing in every moment. That's the only, you know, that's, that's the only path now is like, we're going to keep going. So I'll pause there. See what's coming up in you. What I am really feeling like, like I'm looking at the landscape of the beginner's mind, the beginner, you know, being a beginner again, which is so different when you're later in life than when you are five or six or seven or 20 even. And just that rearranging and how the whole imagining within you the whole landscape of language and sounds that you're making, you know, is all looking different. One thing that I wondered, I wondered if, because this is something that can happen for me, if it has sort of switched on in that literal self-consciousness of your language, any parts that are perfectionistic or nitpicky or critical that just because that action of looking closely can for me sort of bring that other energy sometimes with it 
thankfully that I'm glad you asked because it feels good to be aware that that's not there. I haven't had any self-critical energy of like, why can't you do this right? Or I have had the young parts at a couple moments feel the sense of, I can't do it. This is too hard. And I haven't had that in a little while, but maybe the first week where I was really trying, but not feeling like I was getting it, I would hear these little parts get like super frustrated. I can't do it. Like they had this task that was beyond their capability. And there was a little burst of that. There was no reaction to it other than like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like a softening towards that in myself. But there was really none of the criticalness around it. A little bit, there is a little, there is a dogged determination part of me that's like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do it. And I like that part. He is quite driven in a way and can when he takes over I, it's it's quite amazing in my system you know, I, I could look at the history of this part which dates back to probably the birth of this part where he really came into material was me finding my other family that it really came from this part that was like i'm going to find my father I know he's, and I'll tell this story sometime on the podcast, but I essentially, by will, by force of will, like I will find my father. He has another family and I will find him. He's in this neighborhood and I found him. And it was a determination that was a little bit other otherworldly for a kid my age. And that same determination, kind of determination like there's some switch that hit goes in my mind it's like i will do this i don't i don't know how i don't know how long it will take but i will this is going to happen it was finding my father was one another point was getting into the the writing classes at queen's college i i flipped the switch i'd love to tell that story sometime but i i hounded the department and this particular teacher and and they kept telling me no. And I was like, I am getting in this class. You're going to let me in this class. I don't care what has to happen. And he just kept saying no. And then I showed up on the first day of class without permission. It was just like, I'm taking this class. You're going to give me an overtally. And he's like, I don't give overtally. So I'm like, you're giving me an overtally because I'm taking this class. <laughs> and I got the, like, I'm not, I was basically like, I'm not leaving. So, and then he, he relented. And I, I honestly don't think I would be here talking to you if it wasn't for that because that got me into grad school and I wouldn't have been grad school if I didn't go to grad school I wouldn't have wound up coming you know moving to Louisville and all the things that unfolded to put me in the place and to open up to the people I met in Louisville which opened me up to the Mankind Project which then led to internal family systems which our relationship and everything from there wow so there is that part, and I could feel that part's like, we're going to do this shit. I don't care how long or how hard it is. We're going to do it. And yeah. So, I, but, so that part's great, and I love him, and I have a lot of respect for that in myself. 
he can also turn on the afterburners to a degree and just not pay attention to anything else. And it also can feel a little... Hmm, I don't know, tiring maybe? I'm not quite sure. It doesn't feel overwhelming, but like, you know, I imagine there's a part of me that was like, yeah, we, you know, it'd be nice if we could take a break from the practicing this. And this part's like, no, we're not going to take a break from practicing this. Like, we're going to do this the right way every time as much as we can. We'll get it eventually. Just keep going, you know. So that's the only kind of pressing manager part that I feel around this. And, and most of my system does. I don't think anybody really minds him too much. He's not being harsh or mean. He's just like, I'm going to put the team on my back and we're going to the, you know, we're going to win the championship game kind of <laughs> vibe for him. You know, he's like, I'm I'm going to go as far as my little, little legs can carry. It makes me think of, was it Dory in Finding Nemo? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. She. <laughs> the other thing about what you were just speaking to kind of brought up something I had thought a little bit ago, which is, when we allow ourselves to sit with ourselves and our parts and authentic desire arises and we're committed to it, right? Because that's what we're doing and we follow. It's like jumping off a cliff. You can't go back and you don't know, you trust it and it's good, but it's not necessarily easy. And it's not necessarily even exactly in quote unquote, your control. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, we started at the beginning, you said something about change, change is good, change is great. And it is. And I don't know, I just that I feel like there's a whole other subject there. That could be talked about it just moving forward, changing, growing. You can't have everything. Like if you start eating healthy and then you try to go eat a bunch of like fried food and cheese queso, you're going to probably not feel so great the next day. And you're going to be like, but I could do that like a year ago. Dang it. I want all the things. And it's just not necessary, necessarily possible. A couple small other pieces of why and motivation, although these came really as a kind of after effect of the, the main authentic desire of that curiosity and that really wanting to learn. and But there was also this sense of, yeah, I want, I really want my message to come across as clearly as possible. My voice is an instrument of my body. And I am more and more feeling the sense of the value of my own self and my own message, which comes from myself, sharing on this podcast and what I'm writing and rapping about is as much as I can coming from my heart and my being. And I want to share my being as kind of purely as I can. And I don't really want something to dilute the message too much. I really want to be careful and mindful about that. I don't, there was a sense of, I want, it's almost like if you are recording music, 
you want a really good recording you want high fidelity you want what is being meant to be received by the other and there's a kind of little flag and this signal that's happening with the lisp small in the art space maybe small and in the and the musical space a little bit bigger of a signal that would distract there was a real desire to not have my signal filtered or interrupted I wanted it to come as pristine and as clear as i can and that includes another wonderful thing in working on this podcast about not having a lot of ums and likes and you know kind of trimming that to really practice speaking directly and truly from my heart in each moment and to be able to practice that not just here on the podcast but out in the world with people when i'm meeting people wherever i'm going and having an impact by just connecting with people and how i speak from my body and from my heart impacts how i connect to other people and that is of huge importance to my life and my meaning and i already have a sense of being mindful about slowing down in my speech allowing myself to take pauses trying to speak clearly because my words matter because i matter that's important to me so that that became clear too yeah i again the difference between should or shame or judgment versus just genuine desire to you know as you were describing I kept thinking of like a smooth plane ride versus one with a lot of turbulence. It's like you are a nervous system to some extent reaching out with your words and your sounds to other nervous systems. And if there is a way in which the thing you are offering and putting out into the world can be received without turbulence, it allows others to be more fully present to what it is you want them to be receiving and doing that from a place of desire and the heart is so different than, oh no, oh no, are they going to judge me? Am I going to distract them? Blah, blah, blah. That, you know, I think is probably the more common quote unquote motivation for change. This is a very different thing. Yeah. I guess, are we, are we wrapping up? I was taking a moment with that. I was reflecting on the podcast today a little bit and what the reflection was. Well, this was a different episode from what we normally do, a set of episodes, different part one and part two, in that it was much more focused on my content and you were much more in a listening holding space as reflecting and we didn't follow the branches of the conversation as we often are sometimes sometimes want to and so i was just reflecting with that like oh it's different no evaluation around that curiosity 
if it felt different to you, the listener, or you just, that was just what was sitting with me. I enjoyed today. I did really like sticking with a piece of content and kind of flowing with that. I enjoyed that as a other side of the pendulum or the other other polarity of allowing some of the content to be a little bit more of the focus. While we certainly were using the guide handrails of what's happening in the moment at the process level, how we're feeling as we're having this conversation conversation around the content. Yeah, it felt not completely different. I feel like we've done some episodes in the past that had a little more of this kind of feel, but definitely it felt different than more recent episodes. And I, I liked it. It I'm feeling right now more of a sense of completeness within my own system. Like I think normally at the end of one of our podcast, you know, recordings, the end of a part two, for me, I have all these like little tabs still open in my browser (laughs) and I don't really have that. I feel like there's a, there's a wholeness, there's a completeness and there's a real beauty in that, that I feel very satisfied with. It feels very satisfying to my system. That feels, that feels really good. I like when your system feels satisfied, that feels really nice. (laughs) Mine feels satisfied as well. That feels nice to me. I do have a interest and certainly a part of me that's like, oh, I want to, I really want to do that adventures in authentic connection in, in the real world. And there was some specific moments that I know my parts really would love to talk about. And there's a little like concern would be a strong word, but knowing it'll be a while before we come back to record another week and a half or something. And a lot of that material will no longer be as fresh, but there will be new material I know as well. So just naming that. A little like, and I'm glad we stayed on that. I'm glad we we explored that. And disappointment that I didn't also get to dive into some of the experiences of of connection and practicing that out in the world. So. Yeah, it sounds like you still have a browser tab open. Well, next time. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for your attention, for spending time with yourself as you listen to the podcast to really clue into what came alive for you, the listener. What felt meaningful and important to you from part one and part two of this episode, what happened inside you? What emotions, thoughts, parts, feelings? 
maybe resonance or connection. And maybe taking whatever space to honor those experiences within yourself. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah. Just, and, and just thanks for being here. It's, it's an honor to, to spend the time here and to share this with you all. See you next week. See you next time. <laughs>